I've done it. This show's part of the COBOL Broadcast Network. <laughs> Bloody COBOLs. This show is part of the Goblin Broadcast Network at GBNCOM.com. Follow the Path, the Bears Grove Podcast. Adult-level discussion of role-playing as a storytelling art at BearsGrove.com. Hi, and welcome to the Bears Grove, number 43. This is Sam Chupp. I'm your host. This is represents number four in the series for Phil Brucato, the last of the series. I hope everybody enjoyed these, and if you would like to give me feedback, you can go over to bearsgrove.com. This show is going to be somewhat shorter than the others, about 25 minutes. Next episode, we have... Tailwind Woodruff, who is somebody from my White Wolf Gaming Past as well. Um, I think you might like uh, what we have to talk about. We talk about gypsies, we talk about her current projects, and girl gamers, and all kinds of things. So listen in next time for Tailwind Woodruff, and until then, here's the Phil Brucato interview. And there's been a lot of talk, actually, I've, I've heard re- recently, a lot of people talking about the distributor model of every month we must put out something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how well, that really caused a lot of crap to be created. Uh, yes. Oh, well, the, the, uh, one of the things that I, uh, that I enjoyed about um, the, the current new media shift is that the uh, the old I'm I'm really enjoying watching the old mo- the old business models of of movies of music of gaming watching the old music mo- or rather, rather watching the old business model fall apart because to be honest those the, those old models were were for the most part serving nobody but business people and frequently not even serving them it's one of the the most amazing things one of my continued both amazements and frustrations with the, with the gaming industry in general is how few people in there actually understand business. Mm-hmm. It is bad business to rely too heavily on, 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 uh, on bubble trends. And yet I've seen it happen four times during my time in the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it is bad business to diss your fans. Yet I've seen many companies, including white wolf do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is bad business to rely too heavily on a single business model, yet every company I've seen has done that. Um, and I'm not, I don't have a business degree, though I have taken some business classes. And I know these things. Like, this is not rocket science. This is not smart. This is not, to, to take something that could conceivably, you know, be a, uh, that you know that could conceivably be the new um, avatar of your marketplace, and either try to have it banned as distributors tried to do with Vampire when it came out, or you know completely diss it as well. It doesn't have big tits and big guns, as one distributor rep said with uh, with Deliria. It's short-sighted, and mm-hmm. having been a businessman, I recognize that you take risks in business, very, very important, very, very distinct financial risks that many fans are just not aware of. Um, many people, this is something I teach my, my, uh, my students about in class, many people are, are unaware of how much money 
gets involved in producing a game or a CD or a film or a book or something and how little of that money actually finds its way back to the publisher or the creators. All the various different layers of middlemen strip away all the, the taxes and the inventory costs and overhead strip away so much of that, the, 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 uh, the list price of that, that $15 CD or that $20 book or that $30 game of which, you know, three bucks, five bucks maybe finds its way back to the publisher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand the economics there. But knowing the economics, I know there are better ways to do things, and it's continued to frustrate me to see how, how, how many people were resistant to those better ways of doing things. As desktop media and Internet media and... Um, you know, um, I'll just call it the new media. Um, but as new media have continued to erode the old business models, there are a lot of new possibilities coming out, which I, I find very, I find both refreshing and encouraging. Now I'm just hoping that people with people with vision and enthusiasm will continue to embrace them both as creators and as consumers because this goes back to what I was saying a little while ago. I, I know you know this, but this is for mm -hmm. your listeners. Mm -hmm. If someone's not supporting it after a while, you can say labor of love, art, labor of love all you want, but if you have bills to pay, if you have a family to support, if you are taking what little time of your personal life is, is left after work to create new worlds or things after a while, there's no payoff in continuing a labor of love unless there are people who love it and support it, not only with encouragement, but with finances. The people who look at, and this is not in any way saying people should not criticize things. In fact, I, I am all for peer review, but when someone's biggest concern with a new book or new game or new CD is how quickly they can tear it apart on news group X, Y, or, X, y or Z, it's very discouraging to people go, why the fuck do I spend my time writing this book, recording this CD, making this game? If I'm going broke to do it, if I'm living on ramen to do it, if I'm getting, you know, if, if I'm barely getting by to do this, why do I do this when the most encouraging thing I get is, um, well, Jewel recorded it better three years ago. Meh. You know? <laughs> uh, right. I, yeah. Well, so, it's that business of following up your love with money. Um, yes. And, and people have a hard time. I think some people uh, have a hard time asking for money, or have a hard time saying, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, part of this is that I'm in it for the money. Um, mm -hmm. But very uh, having, if you, but basically, I, I think that's one of the things the indie role player designers are talking about a lot is that essentially, if you like a game, if you like a designer, you want that designer to come out with more games, buy. His or her game. Yes. <laughs> you know, and not only buy his or her game, but also get other people you know to buy his or her game. <laughs> I mean, it's very yeah. simple, really, ultimately. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'd wish, like I said, I just wish that there was some way we could go back in time <laughs> and do something to, uh, to fix that uh, with Deliria, but... Um, well, and it could still happen again. I mean, I don't want to throw any hope out here at all. I will, I will say, 
I will say this much with Deliria. Deliria is not dead by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. Um, I I realized last year I was at a convention where we had 50 people, uh, the majority of whom had never even heard of Deliria before the game started. There were were over 50 people playing a live-action Deliria game, played it for two days, loved it. If... Sai, if one of my partners hadn't forgotten to send the copies, we could have sold several cases of it <laughs> at the convention. But there were they asked me back to the convention again this year. I couldn't go because of my class schedule, you know, my teaching schedule. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is there is a group I just found out about from some friends of mine recently, a Yahoo group called Faith, Hope, and Deliria. Wow! And yeah, it's. Get this dedicated to dedicated to the magical creations of Neil Gaiman, Brian Froud, and Phil Brucato. Oh, which is one of the more gratifying things I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, when people write me out of the blue and say, you know, your game X Y Z uh, really affected my life and made me, you know, a better person or whatever, I always write those people back and say, look, you know, you've just made my day because in reality they did. I mean, oh yeah, I get to a point where, cause I mean, when I work, uh, the, the job I work in is very stressful sometimes and it's, I, I, I do tech support. So I'm like constantly, uh, on the firing line and, you know, having somebody come out of the blue and just say, by the way, that meant a lot to me. It blows me away every time. Absolutely. I, it never gets old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It's I still love just this past uh, uh, two weeks ago at uh, at NorwestCon. Uh, I had I had people in the audience for uh, for for my panels, and they were like, you know, my God, I love Mage. Can I can I bring in some old? Do you, do you mind if I bring in some old Mage books for me to sign? I, I said, I would never refuse to sign anything that I have worked on. Uh, I'm, though I can very freely admit the projects of mine, the, thing, the things that I have done that suck, hello, Akashic Brotherhood, um, <laughs> that, uh, that at the same time, I, I'm, not, I'm not distancing myself from any part of, of, uh, of my work, and I'm always really glad and gratified to hear when people have enjoyed it or still enjoy it. And, yeah, that's, that's rewarding, too. You can't pay your bills with it, <laughs> but no, it is you can't. rewarding. No, you can't. Uh, and so, yes, people. So, if you like a game, if you like a game designer, go out and buy their game, and ask their ask your friends to buy their game. Yeah, and if, if this, like, it's very simple, yeah. really. Ultimately, just you know, you don't even have to send the money directly. Although I'm sure t- uh, tips are appreciated, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's, if you if you like a game, if you like a book, if you like a CD, you know people people have gotten yeah. into a, a uh, an attitude now where because information technology makes it possible to just oh I like that CD I'll burn it now, oh, you yeah. know I, I like that I like that book I'll download it you know I like this I'll scan this and give it to all my friends. The people who created these things have to eat, yeah, and chances know, are in many really, yeah go ahead. In, in many cases, the people who have created those things have gone into debt to do them. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a friend who uh, S. J. Tucker, um, who is I think a just phenomenal songwriter, amazing performer and artist. She has actually have received a label, major label offers, but she doesn't want to play the game their way. 
because they want to change her. They want to tell her what she can and can't record, how she can and can't dress, and she's basically, screw that. Um, but she depends on touring. She shows, you know, she goes and plays anything from uh, from festivals to uh, to college shows to home concerts, and that she lives in her car. She and her partner live in their car. Everything they make goes into either sustaining the tour, equipment, or pressing new CDs. For somebody to you know to encourage someone who does that is to give that person crash space, is to buy her CDs, is to go to her website, is to tell other people around about her, which a number of people do. But it's to to burn a CD from somebody who, wow, I like this artist. That person may be living out of their car. That person may have spent their life savings on pressing that CD. That person may be deeply in hock, as you know, in, in the case of Deliria, the print bill for, for the Deliria book was almost $30,000. They may have a 30000 or more dollar investment to recoup and to burn that CD, to copy that book, to, to download it and print it out and hand it out to all your friends is taking money out of the hands of people who do it. And that's not saying that downloading a song is bad. Uh, actually, that's great publicity. But the people who think that an artist should just do it for the love of it, man, haven't actually tried to make a living at, at, at the arts and entertainment field and, and probably aren't familiar with how much work goes into even the simplest song or game or book. How many hours uh, and days, weeks get spent doing those things. And there's, there's the ideal of you should just do it because you love it. And then there's the, uh, and then there's the truth of yeah, you can for, to a certain degree, but if you want to do it at a really good level, um, ultimately, it's going to come down to whether or not you um, make a living at that. You know, not necessarily to make a living at that, but whether or not you you receive some kind of sustainable reward for that, or whether or not you're willing to just throw you know days, weeks, months. Of, of work and inspiration out in the void and yeah you know, and money <laughs> out yeah, in the void for uh, for for the potential of, of receiving nothing yep. and that's that's a whole other people compare writing and designing and recording and stuff to blogging and well there really is no comparison. Those people haven't actually done it on a on a uh, a professional level. And it's that kind of that kind of denigrating of of what that underestimation of what gaming can be, the idea that well you know it should just be, it can just be that that which is thrown together, you know by by my friends and that which was put out by somebody who put months of work into it, um, is is equally valid. Well, no, it really isn't, and that's one of the things that keeps role-playing from being more respected as a medium is the, on, on many levels, is the, um, the way in which a lot of people in, and out of, in, in the industry as well as in the fan base don't treat it very seriously, don't treat it professionally. That going back to the earlier, uh, the earlier EverQuest example, that the company will spend millions of dollars on the person not hire an editor to edit the book. Those mm-hmm. things like yeah. that keep gaming uh, ghettoized, keep it from being what it could be. 
and I'm <laughs> and I'm evangelizing there. So I'll yeah, stop. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, this is an interview with you, Phil. So these are your ideas, and I have, I'm glad to get them out. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to my listeners. Um, I uh, this is part. I'm, I guess this is part of what I'm calling my old home week. Uh, series of interviews <laughs> because I'm also going to get to talk to Tailwind Woodruff in a week or so. And uh, here actually, <laughs> yeah, and and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to talk to her. Um, but you know, I I really am glad and I'm honored that you uh, that you chose to come back and and talk to uh, gamers with us. And anything else you want to say or or plug or do or before we before we wrap this up. Well, first and foremost, thank you. Thank you for uh, for and talk to me. Thank you for for holding for doing these podcasts in the first place, and thank you for well, continuing to walk in light to be the amazing, uh, creative, nurturing, spiritual, and sacred person that you are. I really appreciate that. Even you know, even even in the times when we don't talk for long periods of time, I still hold you in a, a great with a great deal of affection and respect and admiration and you're just an awesome human being thank you for that oh that's oh that's wonderful thank you for saying that uh yeah, yeah i look i uh and i am constantly talking to people about you uh and uh, you may not you, there's no way you could possibly listen to all the podcasts that i do because you actually have a lot of stuff to do but uh <laughs> i i tell you if you ever did go back and listen to some of those things there's a lot of times when your ears should be burning because i'm talking about you uh so you know the the, the legends stay alive just well, thank to- you and well the the thing that that we're all i guess both you know you me our friends and our our fans and listeners whether we meet them or not what what we're working toward is something is, is continuing to not only to keep imagination alive, which is a kind of a, a trite way of saying it, but to, to keep exploring the possibilities of imagination and of existence and of life. Mm-hmm. This is a phenomenal time. What I wrote about in Deliria is about that we're living in a golden age, and I absolutely believe that. Hmm. I believe that we are living in a magical age. We are living in one of those times that, assuming we don't annihilate ourselves in, in, the, in the next few years, is going to be one of those times that people look back on 100 years, 200, 500 years from now and go, God, what an amazing time that must have been to be alive. I believe utterly that we are in one of those times, but that the... Um, as, as I again say in Deliria, that golden ages are full of challenges. They're full of, of violence and upheaval and, and despair and challenge. And that the people who are heroes, and not heroes in the, the nicey-nice sense, but in the Greek sense of hieros, you know, to, be, to be sung of, uh, um, that the people who are the heroes of those ages are the people who see the challenges, see the challenges and meet them. And whether they're meeting them with art or whether they're meeting them with spirit, whether they're meeting them in politics or in technology, that those are the people who shape the world. What I've always wanted, whether it was from Mage or Deliria, was to inspire people to go out and change the world away from the gaming table. And that whatever media or medium I, I work in, those are the that's that's my that's my mission. As I as I feel on many levels it's been yours. Mm-hmm. Is to inspire people to want better and to be better, not necessarily to want more, 
because that's that's the, the message of this corrupt consumerism of our age. But to to want and be better from the future than we've had in the past or present, and I think we're very much we're very much in an era where that is possible if we let it be possible. If we don't allow ourselves to be stra- you know, to be um, to be distracted by you know Paris Hilton or. Mm. Uh, you know the, the 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 newest box on Xbox, and oh my god, I gotta have it! Or you know, mm-hmm. spending fourteen hours a day playing Evercraft. Well, not even Evercraft. People don't play that anymore. Playing World of Warcraft. Um, that we get out, we entertain ourselves, we enjoy ourselves, but that we get out and we actually do something with our lives. Is is I think this is it's the challenge. It's the challenge of our age and the great possibility of our age because so much is possible. And in and out of fantasy, I utterly believe that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Phil. And we will talk again, um, I'm sure. And and when you have more that you can talk about, let's let's have you back on and, and we'll talk about that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Great talking with you, Sam. Great talking with you. Take care. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Okay, you too. You've been listening to an episode of the Bears Grove Podcast. The Bears Grove Podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license attribution. No derivatives, no commercial use. You can find out more about the Bears Grove Podcast at bearsgrove.com. You can email me directly with feedback at bearsgrove at gmail.com. Thank you very much. The music you'll be listening to now is from Hannah. It's called Rain and White Jasmine. <laughs>